0: So if you had $100,000 or a million dollars or whatever amount you might have that you want to invest, how do you know and how do you decide which company is the one that's most likely to succeed? Okay, so let's say you have 100 companies in one specific industry. How do you decide which company is going to do the best, right? Is it the one with the greatest product, the greatest market potential? Is it one with the greatest leadership right? Or employees? Or is it the one with the greatest cash or earnings? There's all these different metrics that you can choose from, right? Well, there's actually one metric that really, really is the one that you should look at. And the good news is we have Joe Justice with us today. And he's incredibly special because he has a a combination of experience that really speaks to making this decision specifically. So he worked is an ex-employee at Tesla. He ran the Agile Program Division, but he's also previously worked with Bill Gates at Microsoft, the leadership team in Amazon, Toyota, uh, and uh, of course, as I mentioned, Tesla. He's written a book on Scrum, and that's a little bit of a hint in terms of <laughs> what he thinks is the most important process improvement that you need to have in your company. And he has founded Wikispeed. So this is a a company that he formed ten years ago that is built a sort of one or was participating in an X Prize competition to try to get to a hundred miles per gallon car. They've won four world records, right? Okay, so welcome, Joe. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time here, maybe.
1: Herbert, it's my joy to collaborate with your investor-savvy <laughs> audience and with you and your brain. I'll do my best <laughs> to say exciting, interesting, and true things. Let's have a great time.
0: Okay. Well, we're called Brighter with Herbert, and the goal is to get brighter. So let's go ahead and do that. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joe. Like I said, you are the reason, actually, that I got my conviction in Tesla. So I've been investing in Tesla for since 2012. So it's now been 10 plus years. But it was actually about three years ago... When I saw a video of you, my brother and I, he sent the, this video of you, and, I, and I've been searching all over the place. I can't find it yet. I'm hoping to find it, but there was this really unique video of you that you started to share this concept of the speed of innovation in Tesla. And it was because of that. That was the reason that uh, I just started to become really convic- uh, built my conviction, and started to be more confident about this. But for that, I thank you. But uh, so tell me about where do you see, what is the potential for Tesla? Where is it headed? What markets is it going to go into? And where is it going to be in the near future?
1: Man, if you want to start there already, let's let's go exactly (laughs) to it. I'll attempt to even share a screen. Let's see if this works for our listeners and even for us as we're recording here together, Herbert. Um, Here is a visual of the New York Stock Exchange publicly traded companies in total, all of them, a visualization of their market caps. And it's a little outdated now. It's a few months old. Um, but it's not too far off still. And we can see circled and well squared in gold is the current value at that time of Tesla. And what most people think Tesla's potential is, is a slightly larger gold rectangle around uh where it competes with some other EV companies, for example. But as an investor, many of us are keenly aware that Tesla calls itself an energy company mm-hmm. that is involved in communications and the collaboration with Starlink and SpaceX is right now a Tesla exclusive, although they're trying to make it a revenue stream by partnering with T-Mobile. So now you start to branch into telecommunications. You start to branch into T-Mobile space, AT&T space, Verizon space. And then the, of course, Tesla uses their own electronics increasingly. So now you're reaching into Ericsson, F5, Cisco. Um, and it makes one start to think if even the master plan V2, for I hope everyone here is familiar, but Elon directs the entire companies with very short statements, less than one page, typically three tweets in length, saying this is our financial strategy, and, and that is, then people self-organize to make it come more true each day. That's the self-organization aspect of the company. If even the last one, Comes completely true. What would that look like
0: Mm.
1: on even just the New York Stock Exchange? I mean, bear in mind, Tesla is global. So there's the European Stock Exchanges. There's the Nikkei. There's um, uh, the China publicly traded markets. But just New York Stock Exchange, what would that look like? I'll move over to the right here. Wow. (laughs) And, And this is the old plan. Master Plan v 3 as of today, while you and I are, are hanging out, we know it's massive scale, but we don't have the details publicly yet. Um, I would have to update this. We would all need to update this to say, where is Tesla going? Um, and in terms of multiples of the current total company market cap, it's exciting. It's an exciting potential product roadmap. But as you led, Herbert, what is the way to choose where to allocate our capital if what we want is growth and maybe even help the world become a better place, maybe even social investing, maybe. Luckily, the Musk companies give us potentially an option to do both. Musk says, cryptocurrency is awesome, it's likely to be the future currency of Earth, but we don't know which one, so invest with caution, Musk says. Uh, If you want to invest, invest with caution. It's interesting. So Musk puts caution around it, you know, use some definitely don't put your whole life savings in. Mm -hmm. Um, So where would Musk say, put your capital, he says, exciting product roadmaps. And I'll say, Musk implies, although he did not say,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Musk implies, and an ability to tenaciously execute. And that is very clearly measurable. And something else that I say, and Elon Musk says, pace of innovation is the only thing that matters in the long run. So if we look at the length of days or hours even between meaningful improvements that reach the customer, that is the only metric for survivability in a VUCA world. And Tesla is the best. The Musk companies also, SpaceX, Neuralink, OpenAI, Boring Company. And many companies, many investors don't see those as interlinked investments. Um, When I was working in Tesla, very often we would work on SpaceX projects and SpaceX employees would work mm. on Tesla projects. It's highly permeable. And you can go back and forth between the company on projects or choose to switch your employment if you want. You, you don't have to. You can stay a Tesla employee and work in SpaceX and vice versa. It's very easy, very permeable. Boring company as well. Mm. Um, but you can have your paycheck come from the other company if you ask. And that's very easy to do. It's supported. I did not know this. Yeah. Then, with the public note on... Uh, Starlink, now intending to service Tesla vehicles, I hope investors see even more clearly how one company's investments fuel the other.
0: Uh, So a few questions before we got to the speed of innovation, which we need to do a deep dive on. When you show this chart, this is all of uh, Elon's companies, I'm curious why the bot is so small compared to everything else.
1: I was simply being kind. (laughs) um truly i was simply being kind i mean labor is the fundamental underpinning of one way to understand capital markets and capitalism and the tesla bot is a direct play on labor of the order of which hasn't happened since the introduction of electricity or maybe even the steam engine i mean if you think of the victorian era drawings showing the era of steam arrive and how it blew people's (laughs) minds i mean that is yeah something we're about to experience very soon again
0: okay this is very cool thank you for sharing this this is um basically you're saying that at some point tesla while it's still a small little box in this entire group of the top whatever this is where the top what is it 300 companies top 30 300
1: Uh, probably closer to 300
0: the top um, 300 companies. Yeah, I believe so. Right. They're going to start encroaching in everything else. Um, very cool. So, uh, you know, tell me about the speed of innovation and how that is that how in this why it explains this chart? Is it why it explains how they started off as a car company and a space company, two companies, and then all of a sudden it blew into 20 plus. I saw that you had another table there that everybody is seeing now that shows all the different companies that, that is within one company of Tesla. Is that what happened? <laughs> is it because innovation just sort of blew up and went all over the place? There's actually
1: 12 practices that I've attempted to finally make visual uh-huh. that I believe transform a company from traditionally run and managed to how Elon runs and manages a company, and I've got a little hexagon here and a colorful graphic to help me remember each of these 12 as I try to understand what I learned working for Elon Musk. And one of them is pace of innovation, Uh, but another is self-organization around it, so you don't have to wait. Um, and, And that directly contributes to pace of innovation. But the way teams are launched is core to the speed. If that was removed, if just the way teams are launched, the way the culture is set were removed, the companies would be significantly slower. Um, The company structure, which is measured by one of the three things named after me, Justice's Law, which is the products aligned to the work groups in the company. So if you have a cost reduction group, everyone has to wait on cost reduction. So each product group would have their own cost reduction. So you don't have to wait on a central stairs service. That's part of the fast company bit. Oh, Herbert, please go ahead.
0: Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say there's a law called Justice justice Law that's actually in Tesla
1: that's being used. Oh, oh, super cheating. Super cheating. Tesla doesn't name anything inside, which is really awful because when you're trying to run Agile at Tesla and nothing's named, it's just like, go over and do that thing. Because it's too fast, and honestly, no one cares. But what it does mean is there's a vacuum. So in the two years since I retired from Tesla, I was like, well, I can name that after me. Now, I did, <laughs> I did add some things. So like, I, I have some claim, some legitimate claim. I was involved in improving these concepts, but we're all standing on the shoulders of giant giants. It's only that there was no name inside the company. Um, but, but yes, it is now referred to as Justice Islam.
0: Okay. I want to this, uh, leave this tape. They, I want to go through this. I think it might make sense, but let's just go through a few points you've made. Okay. So speed of innovation is the metric that matters most for a company. It's growth in a company and where it goes in a, what markets it will win and so forth, right? High level. It makes sense to all of us, but just you know, put it in words. Why, why is that the company? I, if I had money and I want to invest in a company, I'd put it in a company that has nailed speed of innovation, why
1: the growth is measurably faster by pace of introduction so now you're investing in company growth but also the anti-fragility uh and we can say that with a story with many stories i mean the supply chain shortage and the chip crunch give us many 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 stories of that but in summary Anytime change is introduced, a company that is slow to respond, slow to innovate, slows down. It's growth reduces or it contracts. And a company that innovates quickly grows in VUCA. So unless your thesis is that volatility, uncertainty goes down, pace of innovation is your core enabler to respond to VUCA with growth. Then even if there's not growth, even if there's not VUCA, even if there's not uncertainty, um, pace of innovation determines growth speed. So if there's changing market, it's your faster ability to execute on the change. If there's even a stable market, it's your faster ability to grow in that stable market. Both of those compound to the yeah. point that they overshadow any other factor.
0: Okay. So And then tell me about this. What, is, what are you showing us here? launch. Fast company, innovate, budget, just walk us through high level, men and then focus on the ones you want to.
1: Sure. As of today, these are the 12 factors that I think I learned working for Elon Musk about okay. what changes a company from any other style of execution to what Musk yeah. does. Okay. And fast company is, I, I'll, I'm sure I'll continue to update this, but as of now, that's what reminds me of the company structure. Hmm. that there's teams and work groups per product and per module of the product as opposed to per skill group because then you you reduce waiting. I mean one way to look at the value of all of these 12 steps is reducing wait states. Pace of innovation is the only thing that matters in the long run. Then innovate is maybe mislabeled, that's actually short budget cycles. Most companies have a one year or longer capital allocation.
0: Yeah. So if
1: supplier shuts off with less than a year notice, which has happened quite a bit recently, the company does not have financial approval to respond quickly. That happened with Volkswagen Group. The Porsche Taycan wiring harnesses are made in the Ukraine. and The war in the Ukraine shut those factories down. Porsche Taycan production stopped. Hmm. They have a nine-year budget in Volkswagen. They have a nine-year capital allocation to those wiring harnesses. And no one has permission except the board to reallocate significant capital. And they meet less than once a quarter, even for emergency issues. Whereas in Tesla, there's budgets allocated multiple times a day. So when a supplier turns on or off, they sign a new deal with a new supplier, if they can, that day, sometimes within 90 minutes. That is fundamentally important. That's what I call innovation by budgeting, hmm. having an approval process the length of your budget approval or change process and how quickly it takes to sign on a change or actually allocate capital. Speed of capital allocation is a fundamental limiter to significant change, right? Um, then budget, the next hexagon up, actually should say contract because what does that mean for your suppliers? They want to invest in you, make large capital and infrastructure plays based on working with you so they want to know you're going to be their partner for years but you want them to continuously improve the product they deliver to you Mm. so in tesla they use what are called agile contracts where they'll sign (laughs) a four or five year contract with a supplier Uh, contrary to popular belief tesla actually loves suppliers so does spacex they just can't find many that are faster than tesla doing it internally so they have to use vertical integration but they do still use many suppliers those suppliers' contracts are sometimes years long, multiple years, which suppliers like, but in exchange, there's a clause that says, but we expect for you to improve your delivery based on our feedback and our customer analytics, every delivery, and those deliveries should be once a week or more frequent. Uh-huh. So those suppliers invest in their change process and build their pace of innovation. They're directly incented. Um, now we're up to step four, but maybe this is already a good place to take a break.
0: (laughs) I love it. Uh, who, who created, so you created this yourself and you put it all together. What's the reason you did this? What's, what was driving you to put this, it was a stick in your mind. You got to put it down paper or are you creating a book out of this or what's your goal?
1: I finished a book just before I accepted my job offer at Tesla. Uh, it's called scrum master by Joe Justice. And I intentionally sent it to publish in version one just before accepting employment so I could solidify what I thought I knew from my time Uh working with Bill Gates and my time working with the leadership team at Amazon. Now, I'd consulted with Tesla as early as 2010 on the White Star Project, which became the Model S, and I set up some of the first agile trainings in Tesla in 2016. But I hadn't been an employee. There's a certain level of visibility I didn't have. So I published Mm -hmm. that quickly. And then I went into Tesla and basically broke my brain (laughs) Um, I'd done some cool things and I'd been around people doing cool things, but never, ever seen anything like the way Musk operates a company inside. Uh, So I took notes every morning and every night. I filled up diaries and I made a lot of videos, which you're allowed to do as an employee, but I don't share those yet. I hope someday Tesla allows me to publish those, but for now, I don't have explicit permission, but I can watch them and it helps me wow, we really did it that fast? <laughs> you know, didn't fact check myself. Um, and what I did then is I updated the book. I added a chapter 21 in the new version. Uh, Scrum Master by Joe Justice yeah. is chapter yeah. 21, Agile at Tesla. Then um, I created uh, an online course basically for fun, um, which this is the game board of that course. The course is taught as a game over two I days. See.
0: That makes sense. Okay
1: currently an advisor to mercedes-benz to the ceo and the board of mercedes-benz and i use this game board to try to walk mercedes-benz through your goal is not to be tesla they say our goal is not to be tesla but if we wanted to increase our pace of innovation which is their stated goal here's what i think i learned about that
0: gotcha you know what i'm gathering here joe is that you yourself is (laughs) agile and you have the pace of innovation for yourself because when i watch your TED Talk, which was, what, 10, 12 years ago, this was, like you said, before Tesla launched their White Star Model S. You outlined at that moment when you were doing this XPRIZE um, Wikispeed, how you guys quickly iterated on creating a car that you're going to try to get some criteria, right? 100 miles per gallon or, you know, fun and all that. And you you basically outlined the steps by which a company, if they were to build a car, uh, an automotive, automotive company, that's how they should do it. And so it was like, which which is a chicken and the egg, right? And then you got hired by Tesla, so you've probably contributed. But then you learned also, and then it just ballooned from there in terms of uh, effectiveness and outcomes, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. Thank you. I'm. I'm I, feel <laughs> so I, I feel so seen. I feel so seen.
0: <laughs> okay, this is great. So continue. I think it's important for us. I'd like to, you know, go down this list some more. So what is module and what is what is that lean coffee?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, each of these pieces I've got about an hour of like, speech and games and practice around and honestly each one could be a day-long workshop. But in 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 summary, in overview yeah. for the investor listeners here, the investor audience if they really were passionate about making a large play and they wanted to try to measure a company through these 12 criteria, what's what's the essential piece they'd need to know to try to model a company's compatibility with the way Musk would run the company, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what module is, is how many parallel executable work streams are there? How many groups can innovate in a meaningful way without waiting on each other? Okay. Whereas most companies have... Yeah. Um, uh, dependencies, where one group's change makes a ripple effect across the other groups. Um, Ford, for example, the F-150 Lightning, a phenomenal product, very expensive and slow to change. Um, if you change the battery pack, it changes the battery pack electronics as a separate system that has a ripple effect through cooling that potentially could change the body stampings the way that truck yeah. is produced. Um, Whereas Tesla intentionally, uh, I'll zoom in a little bit just for fun, in a very, very simple way, you want your company to look like this inside, where you have clearly defined modules. And the inputs and outputs, the interface, the connection points, they actually change every day. Most people don't seem to understand this part, so I'll try to be very clear. It's fine. In fact, they should. That is a fundamental determiner. Of your pace of innovation? Do the inputs and outputs and the module boundaries change? But then we also, every time we change them, we package with it an adapter to the previous uh-huh. version to maintain backwards compatibility. That way, your neighboring modules don't have to change yet, which keeps independence.
0: Makes so much sense. Yep.
1: So the number of independent parallel executable work streams, which, for example, here are SpaceX parallel executable work streams, this is what they actually are. These groups don't have to wait on each other. They're completely fully independent, determines in a very large way. It's a, it's a massive contributor to the company's pace of innovation, whereas most companies, any one change affects all other areas, which is why they have multi-year long budgets, and then low response rates and why the war in Ukraine can shut down, take in production and people think that's normal. Uh, whereas in Tesla, that's not actually true at all. There's actually a, a diagram of, the, of one of the modules from the Model S Plaid here, which would be very fun, but bit by bit. Um, next up is something that is not in Tesla, but Tesla does the principle of it extremely well. It actually comes from Jim Benson, who's a genius. Most people don't even know who Jim is. Unfortunately, Jim wrote the book Personal Kanban, along with a, a brilliant co-author. Jim developed a technique called lean coffee that mm. heals a lot of the suffering in meetings. And it is truly transformative. And And I don't think nearly enough people know about lean coffee yet. And even those that do, I don't think that many know about Jim Benson yet. It's Amazing. He operates his own company called Modus Cooperandi or Modus Institute. Um, highly recommended. I have no business connection with Jim. I, I don't profit from people going to Jim. It's truly just awesome. Um, and what Lean Coffee does is people self propose a meeting agenda and they self adjust how long is spent on each topic in a very elegant, lean, time efficient way. And Tesla has essentially no meetings. So right. they would have no use for lean coffee. But what they do do is use a very similar format to determine what to work on and how long to work on it. So I practice lean coffee the same way Jim Benson published it when mm-hmm. I walked through these 12 pieces with people. Uh, and what that does is for people who have never had an agendaless, less self self-time-adjusting time at work, they're introduced to that in a formal way. And, and then I try to be clear. Tesla has lean coffee as a method to self-organize a meeting agenda and dynamically choose the length of time for each topic. Mm-hmm. Tesla and SpaceX use similar methods to determine what w- to work on and how long to remain working on each item uh, is the lean coffee bit.
0: Yeah. No meetings, that's it's unbelievable. So, this is when you're having a meeting, and then how to manage it, make sure that it's not like uh, you know. If what is a famous thing, right? If it's an hour long, then you're going to fill it up with an hour long, even though you didn't need to. And so, if you came into this general culture that said, "Listen, we're gonna we're gonna take the whatever it takes. If it's 19 minutes, it's 19 minutes, and we're off." And, we, and that's what permission people have, and then that's makes just so much sense. Okay.
1: And it removes some tradition traditional uh power levers. I have booked your time. I have put you in here. You need to stay here because mm. I have booked your time. So some of that already starts to erode. The must companies are extremely flat, and that's reinforced by the the fact that people don't schedule a meeting for you. Uh whereas most companies that's that's an influence of your power, right? I've scheduled a one on one with you, so you need to show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just don't even have that. Then there's team level practices and that's related to Conway's law from 1967, Jeff Bezos two pizza team law.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: And and then aligning modules with teams, there's an introductory agile framework um that uh that I do recommend even though it's it's really like training wheels. So you'd need to throw it away once you get faster. It's called Scrum. It's named after a play in rugby. Yeah. Tesla does not use scrum. It's too slow for them,
0: Mm. Uh,
1: but I do think scrum is good training wheels. So also here, what I say is if you've already gained some skill in scrum, how to transition that scrum has accountabilities like roles. There's a product owner, a scrum master, a developer, they're formal. Tesla doesn't have any of that. It's, it's too slow and brittle for them. But if you have that piece, which I do think is a great learning, it's a great kindergarten. Um, what does a, someone with product owner skill do in SpaceX? What does someone with Scrum Master skill do in Tesla? What yeah. does someone with developer skill do in both those companies? So I, I try to make that mapping here. Um, and then we go on a virtual tour of some of the production aspects and swarming. So what are the team practices? How to form a team? And mostly what's going on in here is people don't work alone. Most companies all around the world especially engineers prefer to work alone in tesla nobody works alone in spacex nobody works alone or almost nobody it's not that it's not allowed it just doesn't happen it's too slow yeah so what do they do they use a a formal practice called mob and a slightly less formal practice called ensemble work and i wish everyone in the world practiced those plays those um I do do this as a public class and we spend about an hour here and everybody in the class actually online does MOB. So they've actually done it. They know how it works. Um, and then that yeah. takes us- I remember yeah.
0: in your TED talk that you did, um, You even then, again, 10, 12 years ago, you already mentioned that the way to do it is have two people doing the same job and then there's no need, you can learn, you can teach each other, but then there's no need to then spend time training somebody in the future And that's kind of a model that uh, you were already talking about back then.
1: (laughs) Tesla has next leveled it by, there's still pairing allowed and some pairing happens. I worked in many pairs in Tesla, but far more often is a larger group, typically around five. So Tesla has expanded that idea from what I thought I understood back in 2010, 2011. And uh, made it much more financially efficient, a much higher level of financial efficiency. It's so fun, too. Like basically, <laughs> one person is doing whatever the thing is, writing Python code or assembling a robot or changing a nozzle on a painting robot or whatever you're doing, unloading a truck. Yeah. And the other two, three, four people are are basically cheering for you and making sure you're never delayed. Yeah. So if you're new to the task and at least one of them is familiar, they'll give you direct instruction so you never have to wait you continually feel like you're a superhuman right it's like you have five brains Um, and if they need to hold the other end of something or adjust a setting while you do something else they'll do that they'll help you but primarily there's one person working and as soon as you get a big success feeling as soon as you feel basically transcendently successful and confident they rotate to the next driver And in this way, two, three times an hour, everyone in the group is a driver. No one gets to not be a driver. Everyone is a worker. Yeah, and you're continually refreshed. That's part of why the twelve-hour shifts are not that painful. You're continually refreshed. It's so exciting. Like I wish (laughs) everything at work, everything in the world, were were like (laughs) this. It's it's truly.
0: So, do you think that? Yeah. Do Do you think that Elon? had this planned from the beginning or is it, it formed because of his first principles thinking at the very beginning of how to form a company or because of his software background, he just basically applied this knowledge into manufacturing. How did this come about? Did he intentionally do something that caused this or was it just because of his kind of lead by example or just because he hired the right people? How did this start?
1: In Tesla, I was not there in 2006 yeah. when I first started going, but I, I worked with a lot of people who were. Yeah. Um, it, the earliest I had direct connection was 2010, and they were already well underway. The Roadster was already actually fairly excellent, uh, for, especially for its day. You know, mm-hmm. It was already the best electric car in the world by 2010. But the real teething times, it it looks like it was some early decisions made by Elon, and uh, whether they were divinely implanted in Elon's brain or whether it was silly luck, I don't know. What's interesting is I think we know at least what some of those decisions were. One, in the very early days, I was not there, but from talking to people who were, is it was almost entirely done. The work was almost entirely done in one big warehouse where everyone could see everyone, everyone could hear everyone, even when there was about mm. 200 employees, there's no divisions. There's a phone sitting on the floor next to a pillar in the middle of the room and whoever's near it answers, right? Gotcha. gotcha. Inventory, there's no one to like schedule inventory or keep an Excel sheet updated inventory. It's just piled against the wall over there and you look. Do, how many more of X do we have? Well, let's go look, right? And, and there's no one responsible for inventory reports. So it kept the company flat and it kept ah. people working on more than one thing. Now, whether Elon made that decision out of being very cost conscious and saying we're not going to get a separate office, which would make sense from the zip two days, you know, don't even have a house or apartment, right. sleep in the office, whether that's from cost consciousness, or whether it's from wish to create cross-functional empowered employees, Mm -hmm. whatever the mindset is, I don't know. But that decision appears to be very key. Have one big space. Yeah. Now the the factories are so large now that not everyone can see and hear everybody. Um, And in fact, they're all around the world. But what has happened is software apps have kept pace. And Mm -hmm. these are made in-house by Tesla. This is actually the core value of the company. I I didn't model this on the New York Stock Exchange sheet because I'm trying to be kind. But this is actually why there's no company on earth that can compete with the Musk companies. It's because of this. The internal software essentially runs the company. No other company has it at anywhere near this degree, and most aren't even trying. Most aren't even starting yet. Um, Digital self-management is the name for the type of situation. And what it's done is it's allowed very similar work style to as if everyone were in one yeah. big room within talking mm-hmm. and eyesight of each other, even though it's a global company and eventually in space. Yeah, yeah uh, And this is the core value of the company.
0: I've heard you say before that there is, when you are a new employee at Tesla, you, you're handed a phone and it has 20 apps in it. And each of these apps give you access to inventory, to financials, to budgets, and so you are empowered to do any job every job whatever is up to you and that i think you also mentioned that uh if you work there you're not necessarily just expected to do this one slice that you're responsible for everything <laughs> so this is the pro- proverbial if i see the garbage needs to be taken out i better just go ahead and do it <laughs> if i see, i think you tell a story right you you actually saw something happening and you asked the person can i watch you do it and they said sure because you're a tesla employee and then now you can learn if you wanted to do that, or you you spotted a problem, you wanted to solve it. Is that digital self-management? And so, you know, the big question I wanted to ask you was, what metaphor would you best describe the Tesla organization? Like, would you consider it to be like a neural net, self-learning, all these little nodule, nodules you know, on its own can learn, and yet it kind of can form neuron connections with everyone else and is that what this is a neural network or what, what what would you describe?
1: Oh man. Okay. Um, what Tesla is, I, I, if you don't mind, I'll answer that second. And what I'd first say is there's a precursor that I think makes this work really well. And I'd say DNA is the model, um, Mm. agile. And that's part of launch. The very first thing, your first four hours in the company, they basically pack you with, the minimum essential information set set like dna Mm. have you be the type of employee you wish you could be and part of that is digital the digital self-management stack that you get in your phone part of it is certain rules and policies that are made um which are extremely few there's 16 items basically (laughs) to to agile dna um You get those, and then every interaction after reinforces those. That's the middle step, is you get this DNA. Then because of that, you really can operate independently. Each of the now 110,000 Tesla employees and 500,000 suppliers has this. And if you were cut off with no information for essentially any length of time, if you still believed in the mission, you could, and (laughs) most people do, continue to self-execute at an extremely fast pace. So this, this DNA is an essential precursor, and the musk companies do it better than I've ever seen anywhere in the world. Luckily, it's known. the Tesla DNA is, is known, and each 16 mm-hmm. item in it, and then the digital self-management suite. Then what that creates I'm sure there's a word for this, and maybe in the comments someone will say what the word is. Imagine you're in like the Netherlands, like a, a, a canal-filled oceanfront town. In like the Dunbar era number European small town age. So you have like 171 mm-hmm. people in a small 17. town yeah. right on the ocean yeah. front canals and, and rivers and dikes and all these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, imagine we're there and there's a flood. One of the dikes is bursting or whatever the issue. There was a storm. It just got old, whatever. And everyone, mm. every age, any gender, any identification, everyone all 171 people, including little kids, are in the street and the water is at ankle level and it's, it's coming up. Right. And you can see the bakery is starting to get wet and you mm-hmm. want to eat that food for the next few months. Like that is a legitimate threat to life. Um, mm-hmm. You're You're seeing issues. Right. And someone says. I found a big pile of sacks. Would people, bags, would people start helping me fill this with anything that you Mm -hmm. think might block the water? You know, like spoiled flour or dirt. I mean, dig it out of the street, whatever. Can you help me pack these? And a lot of people start because they don't immediately have a better idea. It's not that that person said, I am from the rescue commission Mm -hmm. of I have these credentials. Just someone yelled out, right? Mm -hmm. And very soon after someone says, I found this slightly better thing. Um, Actually, would you all help this? And they don't even have to say it. Excuse me. I don't mean to step on your power privilege. Um, It's not that that wasn't a great idea. I believe I have a proposal. It's not like they had a coalition to decide with the empowered. (laughs) people. They simply say, I think this is an even better use of our time right now. Right. And you have this self-organizing system. Now, when you hear people talk about events like that, a tornado, whatever it was, not Mm -hmm. even always a stressful event, maybe it's a sporting event and and Mm -hmm. like a a team won and something beautiful happened, whatever it is. When you hear people talk afterwards about these leaderless, flat, Mm self-organized events that made something that they believed was very worthwhile happen, they often talk about it as the most special moment in their life. Mm -hmm. And if only all their life could be that way. And I don't know the name for this. I think someone can probably put it in the comments because these events have happened many times and people who have experienced them write about them and now blog about them because they are life defining. Mm. That's what it's like every day. It's not necessarily stressful at all, but you don't care if someone's a manager or a junior. And in fact, you don't even know. And oftentimes they don't know. Um, But people have ideas and they self-organize around them. And it's because they have this agile DNA.
0: Okay. Oh, my gosh. This company sounds amazing uh, in every aspect. There's so many things that is happening, but yet individuals are empowered. And so then that makes you be able to act on your own. And then yet there is some sort of guiding force, right? And I'm sure the first one is some sort of... um, Amazing big ass goal that we all it's a mission that we all believe in. And then this it seems like there's this kind of like no 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 boundaries in terms of what you should focus on. If anything helps to get that mission, you're empowered, you can get going. And that explains maybe why there are 20, 30 companies within that one, that one organization, right? It's just by necessity, I need to form my own chips. And so we're going to form a, a silico chip company and we're going to start doing it now because we can't find vendors to do it and we're going to do it. And it's vertical integration by necessity. Uh, but there's nobody saying we're not a chip company. <laughs> we exactly are that. a company, right? We're a company to solve uh, sustainable energy. That's the company we are. It's not like we're a car company, we're an energy company and all that. It's just, we're going to be anything. That that just That's very um. Liberating for a company, but you know, obviously, in other companies, they could just collapse because you're spread too thin when you don't have enough resources. But in this one company, it seemed to have worked and they succeeded all in all areas, they're succeeding. And so the world is their oyster. Is there anything there, that Tesla can't do? No, no, um, <laughs> because if, and, this is, if speed of innovation is your core, right? And it's
1: it's highly focused. So the master plan, it, yeah. it continues to get more broad as the Musk company's ability to support each other and execute more broadly grows. But the, many times before I've said, Musk isn't necessarily a genius. Here's how mm-hmm. Musk has achieved domain knowledge in many different complementary and highly diverse domains at a deep level. But actually, I'm I'm going to say now, Yes, I do believe almost anyone is capable of radical, cross-functional, diversified, deep knowledge, and it's through Mm. this mob work, this group work, but Elon Musk is also a genius, and it's in defining the master plans to be narrow enough Mm. that people can self-execute, as long as it's directly contributing to the master plan, it won't overextend the company, at least not long enough that the company dies this is truly the genius in, in in my view of Elon Musk is how the master plans are defined. I'm not sure how many people know this mm. as an employee, you don't see the master plan before Twitter does like the way you get information from Elon, Elon's there, but the way you get information from Elon as an employee is Twitter. This is truly a company led in the open and same with SpaceX. And so if you want to know the likely best uses for Tesla bot, either you come up with them and start doing it. So you see immediately that it's a good use or you look at Twitter. Like it is led in the open and Musk's genius is truly focusing the master plan such that everyone can run wild as long as it's in service of the master plan. And it only dramatically reinforces the profitability, profitability, financial, Efficacy and ability to execute on the mission of the company mm-hmm. and that's visible here. Okay, I totally took the name on this again, so <laughs> no for... name in Tesla. They had no name in Tesla. They, they were the, these fantastic boards of all projects that were receiving money, so basically anything underway,
0: and these okay. changed.
1: Times a day, what these rows are, and there's actually hundreds of rows. Okay, um, in Tesla, these monitors are just above head height, they're like 80 inch TVs from Best Buy and Amazon. I mean, they're not like specially made expensive televisions, they're just whatever was cheapest. The size and brand varies all, all over the factory, they're just above head height everywhere. And the information's on your phone, and it shows here's every project. Here's how much money is being spent in real time by that project. And here's how much money the company has left. Hmm. Then you have some value metrics to give you a guess of the financial efficiency of each project. And they rotate through, typically depending which area of the factory you're in. And again, everyone listening, please bear in mind, most companies have a building where decisions are made, a building where right. software is written, and another building right. where stuff is built. In the most companies, right. there's just one building. So everything is there. Software is there right next to the line. It's not even like cute, quiet offices next to the line. You're sitting on the cement floor next to a machine writing software. Like yeah. it is truly one space. So you're all seeing the same monitors and you're looking at your phone. I've had chance to think since retiring from Tesla in 2020, and I have updated so that now when I use this concept myself, um, you see all of these rows all up instead of rotating one to the next. And they're automatically sorted and resorted by financial efficiency, and how values calculated is the longer to explain part. That would take, know, a little longer, but in any case, they're automatically sorted by financial efficiency to the company. Mm-hmm. What And that's why I tried to justify that I did bravely name it after myself. <laughs> um, maybe full of hubris. Um, and I, first Tesla and SpaceX, they both run this way. What this allows you to do is each time you walk into work, you can self-allocate to any one of these where you think you would add the most value. You what? might stay on the same project for years, but you could switch any time, any day to a different project without anyone telling you to do it. In fact, you have to do that. You're told to do that when you first join the company. No one is going to tell you what to do. You have to self-allocate. So how can you do that? If you just introduce that into a traditionally managed company, you wouldn't have visibility and you'd be fired because you left. you look like you abandoned because they don't even talk internally. Yeah. But in Tesla, the digital self-management, well, there's a longer story there. And part of my conversation, um, with Tesla best dove into that. Um, Lars is awesome by the way, for those who don't cross watch those channels, you probably should. Yes. Uh, you can see the whole list of projects by financial efficiency. And if there's something with low financial efficiency and you have a theory, a thesis of how you might help drive up that financial efficiency, not by saying it, no one cares what you say, but by doing something yourself, then you would join that project that day and you try to do it. Or if you don't know what to do, you're not particularly inspired about a solution today. You'd look at something high financial efficiency and see, does it look like more bodies are going to make this valuable? And you'd say, I'll pile onto that. And what this does is it creates that village, that European village that's flooding where you can see the problem and hear everybody. Oh, this is, is the yeah. killing method. This truly is the company culture and ability to dynamically reallocate multiple times a day. And in fact, we do in, when I was working in Tesla, sometimes three times in a 12 hour shift, I'd go to a completely different type of work wow. and a, the factory, again, it's all the factory, by looking at these monitors, and I've made some enhancements since then, and bravely called it the Justice Board. There was no name for these in Tesla, um, and yet it was completely ubiquitous and fundamental to the company culture, which is why I think most companies don't yet understand how the Musk companies are operated, and how completely novel it is, because most of these concepts don't have names.
0: Yeah, I, I've never heard of this before. This is crazy to think that people are self-organizing. I love the justice board name, by the way. It Kind of makes sense. <laughs> justice. <laughs> that is brilliant. It's amazing. And is this also how the factories are run? Um, is is this? Well, you know, let's if we can pause for a second and talk about this. So one of the things like that. that I think about when I think of Tesla is how they often continuously repeat the statement that the factory is the product. And I feel like it goes over people's heads. Like They kind of understand it when he says, well, the factories are products. So we're going to spend a lot of time, making sure the factories are efficient and they're going to be amazing. And they're going to be, you know, that's what we really produce the machine that makes the machine. But when I think of it, I think of it as I'm a product manager, Joe. So everything you're talking about agile and scrum, That's my thing. That's why I love products uh, also. But when I hear the factory is the product, what I hear is that, you know, they are, the Tesla's goal is to create a factory, which they've created four gigafactories now, but they're not going to stop there, right? They're going to create one. They're going to create two. They're going to create four. They're going to create eight. They're going to create 16. They're going to create 32. And they're going to sell the product. So, eventually i'm seeing that they're going to license this to other companies um you know i mean that, that may be a stretch that may be a stretch a little bit but i can see them licensing pieces of this as they go on but the key thing is this is their product what they what you're showing is a piece of this is a feature of a product which is the company the factory the corporation that's their product and so he thinks about how to build this properly Uh, What's your thoughts when you hear the factory is the product?
1: We could take this conversation a lot of exciting ways, uh, a lot of exciting. (laughs) um, An investor useful way uh, maybe to take this because there's also like physically, how do you build this? How do you project management manage this? How do you hire for skill set to have the factory as a product? Truly, how do you execute? How do you play with government regulations about factory building when you're moving this fast? All of which I really care about. um, And I have some knowledge of. But for an investor, what might be more useful is I love the thesis you mentioned of potentially licensing. And I'd like to say how truly game-changing I believe the factory is a product, really the the digital transformation the dx the the self management the justice board the digital self management of the company is that runs inside these facilities yeah i don't think almost any other company on the planet understands this well enough to pay even half of what it's worth right it's like you have a hunter gatherer society and then <laughs> some become agrarian and start stockpiling <laughs> grain it's not that they start selling grain silos to the hunter gatherers who didn't get on board, which is every other company and Tesla is the stockpiling grain early agrarian societies. And now they can feed militias. Now they can feed these, um, Uh, efficiency improvement methods. They start to dig irrigation and the hunter gatherers are in midsummer and they're like, what are you doing? It's midsummer. This is just silly. I'm not going to buy your silo, which is the gigafactory. I'm not going to buy your irrigation system. I'm not going to buy your militia. And now you have iron smelting works. What's this about? They all just (laughs) die. They don't buy it. They just die. And that is, I believe, unfortunately, the far more likely future sure so for an investor thesis what i believe that might imply is it's an even longer return until the massive payday so it's not next year where suddenly foxconn starts buying gigafactories so they can because they've seen the writing on the wall apple's hit an innovation wall instead 10 years from now maybe the landslide of a event happens and suddenly everyone's living in agrarian societies, which means you're working for a musk company. There'll be a few that transition, but I don't think the large payday is going to be companies licensing them. They, the, In the majority of companies truly just don't understand uh, how transformative this is. It's like dinosaurs looking up and seeing the skies turning red and there's something like a meteor. And they're like, what's that?
0: <laughs> okay. I love where you're going with this. So, we are we are investors in Tesla because we think that they've got an innovative product, the Tesla car, and it's got an unlimited or not unlimited, but you know the mar- the market for automobiles is just widening for electric vehicles and now robo taxis. But reality, what we've invested in, is a company that can innovate, and so while it has a car today, then it has solar roofs, then it has energy walls it can get into any business. And while they may try to license the factory or the organizational to others, you're saying that vast majority won't be able to just, they just can't do it. They will not be able to make that transition. And so that leaves the opportunity for Tesla to take over that market. (laughs) Yeah, Yes. yes. Which businesses are you predicting? I mean, it's crazy that this morning we found out We all knew it was going to happen, but they're going to do lithium refining. I mean, it's just a rumor still, but they're evaluating lithium refining in the Gulf of Texas because there was a need. He, Elon put a public plea saying, please, we need more companies, organizations, mining companies to please do lithium. You're going to make a lot of money. But because of the need and the dearth of companies stepping up, now Tesla is a mining company. (laughs) Yes. And then they're going to do it with some sort of innovation. And now they're going to take over that in giant market on their own. What other markets are they going to get into? Because like, it's like, so it's not just the factory is a product. The company is a product. Ah, uh, What, what, other? I mean, like, it's unbelievable. They're in robots now. Uh, you know, did you know when you were working there in 2020 that they would get into robots? Did you have a guess?
1: There were some. Tesla branded robotic pieces. Right. Uh, brands is maybe the wrong word. I mean, you don't bother to label something when you make it in-house for in-house use most of the time. Um, but there were some that were not FANUC, that were not KUKA, um, and, and they were made in-house. There were some. So the components, it, it, Tesla is very modular, right? So the components of mojo- uh, robotic joints, um, Tesla self-control, self-learning uh, robotics, Cobots, the the idea of a robot that's safe enough that you can be in physical proximity, you don't have to have a cage. Right. It's a somewhat overplayed concept. In another way, it's absolutely essential. I, again, I think a lot of people just don't see the actual production value. Um, they think, oh, I can work closer to the robot. I have higher density. Far more interesting than that. But uh, more and more of that was being mm-hmm. built. In 2020, it'd be difficult to even identify the original date because even under just the guise of increasing factory efficiency, it's directly in line with the master plan. So, of course, people have been independently executing on this and building up the core engineering suite to make it possible since Tesla was founded. Um, So in many ways, there's more than a decade head start in this. But I did not see robots walking around or uh, the test I did not transform into a truck. But I will reshare a story. Uh, yeah. So it has been said before, but I don't think most people have heard it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was army crawling through a stories tall. It's been two years now. The previous story, I said like the height of the thing, but basically it's six stories tall mm-hmm. robot while it was moving. And I had a tool that the team I'd been working with had made custom to try to complete a mission in my teeth. Like I said the story originally to say how wide and varied the work you're doing might be. And you do whatever is most important at the time. Well, that is an example, but I'll say there's also huge robots um, Mm. like that. one. I mean, that you can be inside while they're moving and are just, you know, the size of buildings. So that does exist um, and did even then in 2020 the factory is not only the product, the factory Mm. is, I mean, like what's the internet? Is it a bunch of pipes and servers? Or is it the information on it? Mm. Yes. Right. Is it the people that contribute content to it? Is it the YouTubers or is it YouTube? Like even what is YouTube? Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Is it a set of rights and copyrights that are enforced by a transitory government? Like what does YouTube (laughs) and YouTuber mean if you're in the Ukraine right now? Right. Like, does it even have meaning to you? It's just, can I upload? Right. Right. Well, Tesla, what is Tesla? There's digital content, but I'll also say is it's also highly robotic and, and has been as soon as people could afford to start putting robots in. Um, so the Tesla robot, in many ways, is a very concrete concept that has been iterated in pieces for over a decade. And it just simply becomes more and more efficient and capable and more and more autonomous. And whether it looks like people working outside the factory could see it as tesla bot right because it might look like pieces of a stamping press and a set of software library and pieces of power electronics which are also reused i mean all these things are reused it's of course parts of the power electronics of the cars um whether people will be able to see it if they're outside the company is a whole other question but now it's coalescing into a package that i think more and more of the world can understand which Wonderful. is super exciting
0: yeah, so we were talking about earlier, you showed that graph with all the different businesses it might go into, um, and then you're showing now the speed of innovation, the different components of what makes up this factory, this organization, therefore, this <laughs> living being that's got tremendous potential. What I've heard you talk about the stock price uh, in the past. What is your actual price target? What, what is your thesis for it? And where do you think this is going to go?
1: Would you like me to be honest, uh, which is controversial, or, or or would you like me to like say, well, nearer term, so most people can wrap their financial allocations around that thought? Which would you like?
0: Oh, I I think you you need to say your opinion and what you think it should be, uh, and then we'll put all the caveats around it.
1: <laughs> on, on Twitter, I've been referred to not as a Tesla bull, but as a Tesla Godzilla. <laughs> For my price it. target of a million dollars US per share, which would <laughs> make the value of Tesla alone yeah. larger than the total value of the New York stock exchange, all, all companies combined market cap. So it's thought to be impossible. Okay, well here, let's 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 go into my actual thesis. Uh one, Tesla is not just US based. And so if you add other global companies Stock exchanges suddenly it's possible, yeah. But how could any one thing be that big? Well, I do. the The case I will make is Tesla. Even if you try to define Tesla as a car company, that's too limited. Even if you try to define Tesla as a scientific innovation laboratory, that's uh, not correct. Tesla is more broad than that. If you try to define Tesla as energy. Well, then what does that say about their Mm -hmm. mining and their software business? I'm going to take this a step much larger, and I think most people aren't interested in it being this large. But um, some some of you might want to see where this actually goes, the actual conclusion. Neuralink, if successful, is attempting to redefine language and thought. I mean, let, let that think in, sink in for a moment. That, that's what their play is. So, of course, that consumes Nokia, Apple, um, Microsoft, those yeah. technology players, of course. But it also starts to overreach what we think of as education and all the ancillary and supporting businesses and even lifestyle. Yeah. That's just Neuralink. Now, let's take a much larger jump. Musk is trying to populate Mars and not just Mars, but expand life out among the stars, expand consciousness out among the stars. This is bigger, if successful Mm -hmm. than the move from hunter gatherer to agrarian society and all of the cities and governments and the ideas of nations and nation States and eventually cross nation groups like the EU that that created comparing Tesla to companies is too limiting. So not just comparing Tesla to car companies is too limited. Comparing Tesla or what Musk's ambitions ultimately include is too limiting.
0: Wow.
1: What would be a more apt comparator? Musk often refers to the foundation series of books, yes, which talk about multi-generational goals, uh, what that means to philosophy, <sighs> uh, what that means to the concept of economics. So not playing in our current economic models, but what does that do to our concept of what economics is and what a model could be? That's where Musk is thinking. That's Musk's mind. If Musk is successful, Mm -hmm. he's already making plays on the concept of what money is, because of course the rupee isn't going to be the most efficient method to scale out to Mars, (laughs) nor is the yen, nor is the US dollar, nor is the euro. So there's a low latency... Self auditing structure that you'd probably want if you're going to expand the concept of currency out among the stars. And it's quite different than the majority of currency now. So the idea of currency is being considered, to, to put it lightly, or completely reinvented if you believe in the ultimate success of this larger, larger play. So, what does that conclude? If you take the profitability of governments. (laughs) musk is going to be a factor of those yeah and that's where you get a million dollar per share target and then this is where an investor mind says well what does a share mean at that level and i'll say what musk has committed is that whether it's taken private or public or, or or even if the idea of sec is meaningful it at this conclusion is that musk says But I will honor, treat fairly, and continue to reward the people who are currently investors. Mm -hmm. So even if you're in this not for any of the possible social goods and outcomes and the transition to sustainable energy, and even if the cause is not even interesting to you, even if you just want to profit as an investor, and you might as well be investing in child armies and horrible things, and you're just comparing it cash to cash, even if that were true... This is the most interesting financial play in the history of civilization, potentially. And that is where you get things like, I would say, a conservative million dollar per uh, per share price target. Of course, you'll probably be paid in Dogecoin and right. space spherical usage rights and portions of energy coming off the Dyson sphere. But would you want to be in that economy or not? <laughs> and that's the choice if you're investing in another group.
0: Oh, my gosh. I, I first of all, have to reiterate and agree with what you just said, which is, okay, you're investing in a company, you're trying to find a company. We already talked about it at the beginning. We let it out that I would invest my money in the company that has the speed of innovation versus all the other general standard ways to measure a company because a speed of innovation means that the company can become anything at any moment at any time today it's defined as a car company but in 5 years it won't be you know car the car revenue might just be 10% of what it's actually making and in 10 years it might just be 1% and then you know to to simplify a little bit i think in my mind because a lot of what you said is very likely to happen yet many people can't they can't they cannot even fathom it. This is too far for them to think. And they're just going to say, sure, or whatever, and move on. But like a simple thing like mining, if if they can, if he can use the starships to land at an asteroid and bring that back, I don't know, some estimates say that <laughs> you could basically get on the most, you know, most rare earth element minerals that's out there. And just what is that worth? What is that worth? And they can go to 1020 you know, asteroids grab all that, bring it back, sell it. That business alone is probably bigger than the energy and just the energy business, right? If they just get 50% of the energy business, oil and gas, the largest companies in the world are pharmaceutical firms, it's oil and gas, right? And the most um, companies
1: are involved in mRNA, which,
0: if successful,
1: replace what we think we understand as the pharmaceutical sector so that's you, under where's
0: that one direct right? how come direct. i don't know that where's that
1: uh, mrna vaccines I, no is, i know
0: mrna well which company is it working on
1: i actually it's it's a musk direct funded i i don't know which okay, title sure. it's currently
0: under. okay i understand um, yeah it's one of the things he's funding yeah you're you're you think you're thinking big big why uh, which is all-encompassing all musk companies uh we're only invested in tesla we want to be invested in SpaceX, but only a few people can do that. Uh, I wonder if eventually he will do an X.com, which is combining everything. But he's already kind of at this point, this moment in time, he's backing off of that concept, I believe. Um, but here, here's a guy that's thinking massive, it's like bigger than we all are. And so for us, we can't even, you know, we can't even step from, for us bulls, we're already thinking it's, you know, the, the automotive market, we're so bullish on just that alone. And because we can actually do spreadsheets and measure that. And yet people are already poo-pooing that and they're thinking that we're overstepping our bounds. But reality is you look at the heart of what's happening and you were inside it. So you can actually see it. And within just your time there, you've seen the company 10 x. But not just by volume or sales, we're talking about the different divisions that have formed that are still in the infancies, but each one of these could be massive corporations. And that's where you kind of started hinting that they've got places everywhere now. They could take over massive industries, which, which is the next one you think? I mean, mining is a big one. When you hear master plan part three, when you hear um, extreme scale coming out of Elon's mouth, what, what did you, how do you, what do you, what are you expecting?
1: I expect um, Musk's plan is so transformative that there'll be pushback from just about everybody, right? Because almost anything is under direct threat in the relative near term. So Musk's strategy is go to the lowest value areas first to -hmm. mature the technology. So Starlink go to the most underserved where there's the least company's toes to step on the fewest people will be made angry as the technology matures before you deploy it in the san francisco bay area as a direct competitor to the existing population there or paris or berlin Mm -hmm. right so those come much later after the company is already loved with a large user base large government revenues enough people are indirectly profiting on it that They can go head to head through whatever the court system means all over the world. Right. Yeah. So what does it mean in the long term? It means everything. It means everything. What does it mean in the next 12 months? Very likely more and more Tesla in-house mining equipment is made. Uh, The Cybertruck is a modular platform essentially for Mm. eventual mining on Mars. Is, is what it is. It's, it's a prototype excavator for Mars is what the Cybertruck is. Well, that means there's many versions of it that won't look anything like the exterior of a Cybertruck. But the components are part of modular rigs for different types of mineral extraction and processing. Um, many people don't know, but if you bought the Tesla Semi toy, which I did, you can actually pull it apart and you see Tesla Model S battery packs in it. Like that, They put them in, and it's the same battery packs as the Tesla Model S, which, by the way, it is. Yeah. So you can actually see it even in the toy. So investors that want to play with this, you can order this now if you haven't already, split it apart. And you can see the Model S drivetrain unit. There's four of them. It's the same one. So these modules reuse those also go into mining equipment. So mining is, is near term. The cool thing about massive scale for the intention of um, Master Plan Part 3 is... Also, the range of what's yeah. being attacked is massively broad. So you have telecommunications plays, you have <laughs> transportation plays. Uh, we've seen the long-range vision of SpaceX replacing airlines uh, yeah. and shipping, etc. Well, more near-term, the communications aspect of current airlines, with Hawaiian Airlines Partnership, with, I think it's Royal Caribbean, one of the major yep. cruise lines. Royal Caribbean, um,
0: yep. Starlink,
1: uh, mm-hmm with with even just the starlink product but um in the next 12 months we will see i i will predict now a massive set of interconnections at a very small fringe level musk plays a long game like a tree ant so these roots go in massively broad at the least competitive-looking, least profitable-looking pieces. Like, yeah, communications on airlines is is kind of juicy, but it's still a fraction of the value of airlines. Well, eventually, the play is to replace airlines. So you will see this in food service. You will see this in banking. You will see this in the legal system. Uh, truly, the fundamental auditing structure of business musk is attempting to shape, hopefully in a just and fair way. I mean the I've said before my stance the bid Oops. I've said before my stance on the bid to acquire Twitter is actually to create a um, data set, an evidence chain for the SEC the Securities Exchange Commission to be overhauled and improved. So (laughs) there's long lead plays. Oh, oh, that was only a Supreme Court case in the making. Uh, When people talk about 5D chess, it's really obvious in retrospect, but it's fun to see as it happens. This is the correction of what the SEC is and what public trading means. That is a requirement to actually do what is the profitable, healthy version of Take Tesla Private which it's not it doesn't mean what we think it means now take tesla private but it means the current structure of public traded markets tesla has already broken it it's as valuable as the next 10 automotive companies combined yeah so what you do you you improve the investment model musk is directly approaching that through governments through the acquisition of twitter and manchester united is actually another uh evidence point on the supreme court case but that's just for the us. It's also simultaneously happening in the European Union courts, et cetera. So we will see in the next twelve wow. months those court cases evolve to a restructuring of what it means to own stock, uh, which is long overdue. That concept is like from buying pieces of a boat from a trading house. Like this is an inefficient method to allocate and share risk and reward. So, uh, and, and Musk yeah. is saying, obviously, that should be digitalized and improved. And, so, and it should yes, go direct
0: uh, to direct yes, consumer, right? Okay. It should be like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. He's, is he biting off too much? Uh, he's got big visions. He's making progress. But it seems like he's, like you said, he's got a massive vision. So he's making headway in every little area.
1: What <sighs> Musk has gotten really good at doing, and not just Musk, is scaling massive scale and now that that's very low risk actually for tesla which for most companies that's a huge hurdle to clear but the musk companies are on the other side of it They've gotten massive scale down now what do you do with that superpower so if as an investor your thesis is the musk companies have the concept of scaling at a massive level down which i will assert is is true the musk companies have that so if you believe that then a next piece is if What is scaled is now massive. You have the. I I will say we'll get news from all sectors of Musk companies, an uh, incredibly broad net, and we could view that as low Mm -hmm. risk if we believe Tesla can scale well, which I will assert is now true. Yeah, and then the payoff will happen over the next twelve to twelve months to ten years.
0: Yeah, I. Uh, this is. Uh, you're hitting on exactly what I've been saying for a while and believing, which is, you know, 2018, 2012 to 2018, the company was struggling. You know, a few products here and there, exciting, but they were in teetering in bankruptcy. 2018, yeah. they almost fell down, and they everybody was trying to make sure that they died, and he somehow succeeded. And so clearly, at that, during that period of time, I was an investor, lots of us were investors, the company was barely able to, to, to survive, let alone grow. Today, 2022, the company has four gigafactories. They've produced a million plus cars. They're on track now to do two million by the end of this year or run rate probably two and a half million next year. And then it's going to just continue growing this 50% growth. They're going to build more factories. They have zero debt. They have $18 billion of cash. They can afford to build extreme scale gigafactories that they've now already got, four, four of them, and are you know knowing how to build. The factory is the product. They can now produce this master, master like just produce it mass production. And yet they have cash and they're starting to get cash. So imagine what, if, that, if they if they were able to accomplish this when they were barely surviving, now that they've got all of this in their place, it's exponential growth at this point. And so why are we as investors still thinking that this is risky? Of course, it's all risky. We don't know what's going to happen. But as an Uber bull, that's how I look at things. It's like, oh, my God, if I was invested in 2018, <laughs> this is a time to invest now when less of the risk is more of the risk has been taken care of and they've got their legs in place. I mean, is that what you're talking about? The rate of innovation, is that exponential too? And and as you got the money now, like when you had in 2020, 2018, 20, you lived through this, right? Imagine what can happen now. What
1: is exciting for investors is now, I've been making the case about how fantastic Tesla is and all the Musk companies. But now yeah. there's a lot of veterans from those companies like yeah. Farzad uh, yeah. like myself you yeah. <laughs> now we've gone out and some are just living comfortably some have joined other companies and some of them are in such a leadership role yeah that they're taking that dna with them i mean some join but they're not in a position to rewrite the company policy they're subservient to the company policy they joined and so their effect is is limited in fact it's basically neutered But some of them are starting companies. I'd like to mention a few. There's the Tesla aftermarket. And that's even just stuff that directly plugs into Tesla. But then I'll also say people who have the Tesla DNA that are Mm -hmm. making interesting things. And those companies are now, by definition, all much smaller. They're all interesting early acquisition targets. Uh, for example, Cyberlander is super popular. Musk has tweeted, "Wow, I think that's cool." Um, the videos of it are very interesting. I was just visiting there, their current R and D and early production facility, right next to Gigafactory Texas. I mean, not only are they attempting to you run the company just like Tesla, just like Musk would, even though Musk does not own that company, they're attempting to run it the same way. They're putting it right next door. So the same employee pool, the same education pool, the same culture, like they're systematically removing risks. Um, they're very early on. I, I'm a bull in what that company, the company's is called StreamIt. Mm. This is interesting already. So they're an artificial intelligence software company. But like for automatically counting how many people are in a car, in a carpool lane, that type of thing, that level of AI, a, a highly applied, highly auditable type of AI. Not like, can it compose music, which is also awesome, but a different kind. They also do the electronics packaging um, and the sensor suite and the vision for yeah. this suite. So that's the company. They're an AI hardware and software group, Applied Solutions. And they're making a truck pop-up camper. Yeah. Well, that, that's intriguing. That's intriguing. <laughs> so you, you, it's like Musk coming from Zip2 and getting into finance. Yeah. And then Musk coming from PayPal and getting into car production, right? That that's interesting. It brings a different culture to it. Like that's the type of play that I think is exciting. Then you have Unplugged Performance who yes. is crushing the idea of what it means to be a performance vehicle and by all metrics making rapid advancement and in some cases outright winning already. Um And uh, they finance it with some attractive and beautiful products for the street. They test it by making some brutally high-performance products for the track, um, both of which in different configurations are available. They're attempting to run the company like Musk would if Musk ran it, and they're attempting to recreate that culture inside. Now, they're a relatively tiny company compared to Mercedes-Benz AMG or BMW's M-Division or Honda's Mugen or a Spoon, or et cetera, yeah. right? They're relatively tiny because they're they're newer. Tesla's a younger company, so its aftermarket is smaller. Its support ecosystem is smaller. But if you have a bull thesis that Tesla grows, I mean, wouldn't it be neat to get into AMG when they had 100 employees? Oh. That's where companies like Unplug Performance are playing yeah. right now. The cool thing for us that are now outside Tesla or any of the Musk companies is these companies are ready for advisors. These companies are ready for people to sweat in them if you want to be physically involved, which I is far and away my preference. These companies are yeah. open because they're in their radical growth phase. Well, the must companies are too, but they already are the chosen place to work in any capacity. And in some cases, it's hard to get hired because the level of competition is global and so high. Everyone wants to be there. Not everybody knows about StreamIt and Cyberlander yet. A lot of people do, but not everybody. Like They're still lucky when they get one of the top NASA engineers to join, whereas SpaceX is obvious to get the top engineers from everywhere, right? So the ecosystem built around these products that models themselves around it He's a very exciting place to play and join these days. It's,
0: it's going to blow up, yeah. And then, of course, there's JB Straubel's Redwood Materials. Um, so that you know, there he was a co-founder, of course. So he's not a great example because he already is an innovator himself. But all these other Tesla employees who leave, they are infected by this passion, this first principles. They've learned all these skills of how to be, create an innovative company speed of innovation and now they're going to just spread it out imagine what happened to the uh, PayPal mafia which is Elon Musk was part of there's a 10 or 12 of them that each of them created the most iconic companies after PayPal and then you know Tesla's doing the same thing right it's just to X extreme so this knowledge that you've got is just brilliant um, yeah
1: may I pitch Yeah. So yeah. for fun I I made a course and it's brought me into contact with some cool companies. Like I advise Mercedes. Um, This is something that the world can join if they like to. I call it Joe DX for digital transformation. And it is if Elon Musk ran your company, what would Elon do? Yes. Uh, The 12 step plan. So that's on my website, abi-agile.com. And it's in my book, updated now, Scrum Master. Uh, and now you if you're brighter with Herbert you know yeah. about it too uh, and you can join it remote anywhere in the world or right? I I just now I'm running it with um, Northrop Grumman at their rocket factory in Salt Lake City uh, oh. that course did sell out almost immediately and they, they just don't have any more room inside the buildings inside the rocket factory but it also I never even posted it on my website because I, I knew you could only join if you were a US citizen because it's in an ITAR restricted mm. space and that it yeah. goes a little bit against my global vision um and i suspected it would sell out almost, almost immediately so the in person courses are are fully booked right now but uh, there's an online version and that is run uh, at least once a month wow. and every time
0: the, you're the only person that's probably able uh, that has the credibility to do this the knowledge the ability to package it together you combined all of your skills from your career as scrum uh agile uh, expertise and then you super (laughs) just accelerated through your actual you know feet on the ground watching this organization build you help create this in tesla and then if you are able to share this knowledge with other corporations you're just going to improve the world i love also that one of your biggest thing is what is it doing social good um what was the term that you use i you, again, you were doing this before you met Elon, before you did Tesla. You were saying, <laughs> and you were driving your life the same way. Uh, what, what, is your, what is your term that you use? Well, uh,
1: rapidly solving problems for social good. Rapidly
0: solving problems for social good. It's eerily similar to <laughs> accelerating sustainable energy. <laughs> you know, at some point... You, I,
1: I How to say this? I think someone might be able to look at the outside and see it clearly, but being in the situation, it's more difficult. I started a car company in 2006. Yeah. Um, Tesla was founded right around the same time. Uh, we both entered the Progressive Insurance Automotive X Ex- Prize, and I actually beat Tesla yes. uh, in 2010. Um, and then, very shortly after, the growth of my company was limited uh, because we didn't build our own electric drivetrain. Mm-hmm. We bought from suppliers, it was actually from Honda, a gasoline drivetrain, a very efficient gasoline drivetrain, um, whereas Tesla lost because of all the extra effort to create their own in-house. Well, what did it do after they had that technology? Then they grew exponentially and, and my company didn't. So it ended up that I worked for Tesla instead of Elon Musk working for, for my startup. <laughs> um, now, so in some ways, we're very similar. But in another way, I had the luxury of um, seeing what actually worked. And so, no, I, I was not the big winner. I was not Elon Musk. I was one of the other ones. Um, but uh, being directly talking to the teams, sharing a racetrack, competing, examining each other's hardware, I learned at least something. Then joining the company, it became a lot more clear that what Musk does different than almost anybody else is take the hard road early and this is why i do think it's appropriate to stress i don't think the musk companies are a risk bet but i think they are a long-term bet you really want to hold because musk will always take the hard road instead of cashing out early and that has paid off in orders of magnitude growth that people just don't see they don't see an advancement why would you not do x it's so easy Because the fundamental conclusion when you're talking about transforming society requires these engineering investments. The early payoff decision is just never on the table. Whereas I said I can have a much lower financial outlay if I outsource this component and I focus on all the other pieces, the body, the chassis, the safety system, and the software. And by not building that as a core competency of my company, I limited the vector of my company.
0: Okay, Joe. To be fair, though, um, when Tesla was formed and they created the first Roadster, it is is very public about how they made all the mistakes in the book that you can. They outsourced and they, you know, <laughs> yes. they outsourced the body, they outsourced all sorts of things because they had to. You're a small company, so I wouldn't. If I were you, you know, yes, you made a mistake, but it's not like something. Even Elon didn't make the same mistake. And then secondly, what I'm so impressed with Speed is that you started off as a car company, but actually, even the way you named it, what it really is, is rapid innovation in order to do what your mission is, which is rapidly solving for problems for social good. And you are not only creating the car company. You, I understand that you actually did processes for vaccine or <laughs> like several yes. things that have nothing to do with cars. And so you created this corporation. Again, it's just living, breathing, and whatever is a social good, it's part of its mission. And what you've done is kind of, you know, so you're you're, you're on your way. You could get where he is too. It just so happens that he came with, just Obviously, no one can compare to Elon, so am <laughs> not going to say that you are like him, but you're pretty damn close. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm currently selling these online courses yes. in an attempt to buy out a Starship launch, which the eventual price target, what? that's not the current price now, but the eventual uh-huh. target cost per kilogram is $100 million US uh-huh. for a, a Starship launch, the entire launch, for the purpose I mean, you should have an ambitious goal in life, or even if you might not ever be possible, you should have an ambitious goal in life to make life exciting and interesting, right? It gives you focus. It's so the current piece, that's the, it's my master plan, is I'm attempting to buy out a Starship launch, a $100 million U.S. Starship launch, in order to prototype space housing. Um, again, yeah. have a big goal, whether or not it can ever come true. How you might imagine this is like Airstream campers. mm mm-hmm. Um, as as a prototype of the technology. If the real estate market is governed by location, 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 and that's influenced by view, it's hard to beat the view of a perpetual sunrise or sunset over the planet Earth. (laughs) And if you have the thesis that SpaceX will continue reducing the cost per kilogram into orbit... Which they are, yeah. ...daily... Yeah. Right now, they're launching every five days. Yeah. If you have access to orbit even just once a week, but much less eventually maybe even once a day, it's now possible for at first the ultra-wealthy and then eventually a wider and wider group to visit your space home. And if the eventual, eventual, eventual course of humanity is spreading the light of consciousness out among the stars, you'll need something that is physically spreading out among the stars to carry that light of consciousness. Um, And I don't think it will stay like an Airstream. I I hope it's eventually something really attractive, like Disney's Cinderella castle full of solar panels. (laughs) Modular,
0: (laughs) yeah. The International Space Station size, and you can live in it.
1: (laughs) If you look at the Starship, the upper stage, um, as opposed to Booster, um, if you look at Starship, and potentially even Starship and Booster, so you've got this rocket shape, and then if you have four of those connected by walls of solar panels, you actually have this thing that looks kind of like a castle, which is sort of cool. <laughs> sure. Um, and imagine that floating at maximum speed, frictionless speed,
0: out towards Albus yeah. and Charlie. Are you, kind of are you thinking this make... thing is a transport too then? Is this more like a cruise ship? Is it like a Star Wars? <laughs> well,
1: the, the current understanding of even I, I forget the name of the Ramjet style interstellar um, mm. transport system. There's already a proof of concept, a lab-functioning space ramjet. I don't remember right. the name. What it does is it takes hot particles, energized particles, of which we've now found are spiraling in long tendrils throughout all of the known universe. So if mm. you stay in one of those things as a conduit, it just keeps accelerating. It can use that as fuel, basically. It can travel. Um, and the better models of maximizing how much of the known universe people, or stuff we make can reach is following these things, like a scramjet, basically. Wow. If you follow those things, and you can go back, the fuel goes both ways. There's these huge tendrils or moving columns of hot energy particles, basically. Um, if you, So you could go both ways, but for maximum expansion of human capability, as the known galaxies continue to expand, what you want to do is just keep heading out So you want at least some structures that just keep heading out that are able to self-repair. The Mars colony is a prototype of that, right? For any reason, if the supply ships stop coming, it sustains, right? Well, scale up, well, scale up, multiply that technology stack. And what you want to do is have them rocketing along these hot, gassy tendrils.
0: Oh, my gosh. I think you have unlimited (laughs) vision. Your mission, where you're headed, yeah. Uh,
1: I call it space house, but maybe it should be space castle or something. Space castle, Uh,
0: and you'll but you'll need to solve uh, 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 food somehow, self, uh, you know, uh, somehow to create your own food at some point. Without, like you said, because if you're moving, you're not going to have like Mars, at least a base where you have to create something that self supports. But yeah, you'll have to solve that for.
1: All the same challenges of the Mars colony, where it yeah. remains viable and I hope even fun and lovely, um, no matter what happens to supplies, that's the same technology stack. And there's a group, Open Source Ecology, that's been playing with those concepts in open source for more than a decade now. I, yeah. I actually worked with them before. They're a lot of fun and crazy, just like me, maybe. Um, oh my God. Martin Jeklowski was heading that up at the time.
0: Herbert, Thank you so much. You appreciate this. <laughs> so
1: I, I'm lucky to collaborate. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you very much. Well, thank you, Joe. I appreciate this as well. Everybody, if you felt that you got a little bit brighter, please subscribe and follow Joe on Twitter at Joe Justice. And uh, I'll put all the links in the, uh, in the description here. And you know, I'm curious if you found something useful today. And there's so many areas that Joe talked about that is mind blowing. Send a comment, write a comment, and let us uh, respond back to you. Thanks, everybody.